Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Well, this weekend is Veterans Day weekend, and we are celebrating all of the veterans uh, that are in our church, people that have served our country, and we want to let you know how much we appreciate you and what you have done. Uh, we have out in the rotunda on the screen, uh, there are uh, pictures of all of the veterans that uh, turned them into us, and we have like over 100 people from our church that served uh, uh, our country, and we want to thank them so very, very much. And uh, since there's that many, it's not something you can really show uh, in church or something. It's on our website, though, so go to our website, and uh, you'll be able to take your time and go through there and wonder, when did those people ever look like that, or, or something like that, as, as you're going through uh, some of those pictures uh, and seeing that. But we want to just take an opportunity to thank all the veterans who are in the room today. So if you are here and you are a veteran, would you stand and remain standing, and then we're going to have a, a prayer in just a second. So if you're a veteran today, stand and remain standing. That's something on which we appreciate them. Thank you all so much. Let's have a, let's have a prayer if we could. Father, uh, we thank you for the freedoms that we have in the, this country, the unbelievable opportunities that we've been given. And, Lord, so much of that comes uh, because of our veterans, those who have kept us safe and dedicated themselves to that. We thank you for each one that is standing here, for each one around this country uh, that have given so much. And just pray that we would use those freedoms they have helped to provide for us well. And in Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Thank you all very much. Hey, well, we're ending a sermon series uh, this morning. We've been uh, in a sermon series called I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. And we've talked about the fact that people look for happiness and purpose in all different kinds of things in this world, but none of them ever seem to work out. Uh, we try to find happiness and purpose uh, through our jobs or through our relationships or through money or power or pleasure or whatever. But none of that gives us what we're looking for. And then we try to find those same things even through God and religion and the church. But somehow we never really get what we're looking for even in those things. And we found out last week when we finally found what we were looking for that the reason for that is you're never going to have everything you want in this world. That this is a fallen world, there, there, are, there are bad things that happen, there are bad people in this world, we are a fallen planet, and this world is never going to be the place you want it to be, and is never going to be perfect, but there is going to be a better world to come where finally we get everything that we're looking for. Now this morning as we end the series, what we're going to talk about then is, so then how do you live in the interim? If this world is not our home and we're looking for a better world to come, then how do you live in the interim? And what we're going to talk about this morning is bringing heaven down to earth, bringing heaven down to earth. If you've ever traveled in a foreign country and you've been gone for, for several uh, days or weeks or something like that, you might miss some of the little things that we have here. I remember the first time I was gone for a couple weeks uh, uh, overseas, I got back to the airport in New York and the first thing I did was buy a greasy hamburger, you know, or something I would have never bought if I, if I hadn't done that, but suddenly that tasted good all of a sudden or something like that. But just having that little piece of home 
uh, away. I went to Europe one time and I came back and people said, well, what kind of food did you eat? And I said, well, I ate Kentucky Fried Chicken and Burger King and Pizza Hut and, and you know, uh, things that, you know, reminded me of home. And that was kind of disappointing later when I figured all the good food that they had there. But I want to show you some of the most bizarre McDonald's in the world in some of the most out-of-the-way places. So uh, uh, let's look at some of these. Here's the first one that we have here. This is a McDonald's in Answar, Egypt. So you can just pull up on your boat there on the Nile River, and there's a McDonald's waiting for you, a little piece of home there. Uh, the next one that we see, this is in Orhud, Macedonia. Out in the middle of nowhere, suddenly there's a McDonald's in an old gas station uh, that they had there. So that's, that's kind of unique. Yeah, that would be something good to see. Uh, this is in Yanshu, China uh, that's there. So uh, you see the McDonald's sticking out on that beautiful lake that's there. So what if you're traveling out in Lapland in Sweden and you're finding reindeer and you're thinking, man, I'm getting a little bit hungry. Well, this is Landalova, Sweden. Uh, there is actually a McDonald's out in the middle of nowhere uh, that is there. But what if you're in Taiwan and you just want to do a little historical study? So you go to the old prime minister's house. The original prime minister's house is now a McDonald's. Uh, in Taiwan. And so uh, those are some unusual McDonald's, but providing a little bit of home while you may be away. Well, what we're going to be looking at uh, this morning is, is bringing heaven down to earth. And if this world is not our home, how do you bring a little piece of home to where we're at today. So that's what we're going to be talking about and looking at. This is going to be a little bit different than some sermons. And I know you're thinking, well, all your sermons are a little bit different than, than, than some sermons. We're going to look at a lot of different scripture, though. So grab your Bible, your cell phone, your, your uh, iPad. There's a Bible in the, in the chairs in front of you if you, if you need one. And uh, we're going to be looking at a lot of different scriptures. We talk about bringing heaven down to earth. And the first thing we're going to talk about is the kingdom of God. So we start with a question. What is the kingdom of God? Now, it may interest you to know more than anything else that he talked about his entire ministry, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. It's referenced over 100 times in the gospel. Now, it's either referred to as the kingdom of God. In Matthew, it's generally the kingdom of heaven, but it's the exact same thing, the, the same type of thing. So over 100 times, Jesus references the kingdom of God. Now, that's got to be a pretty big deal if he talks about it over and over again. So what does that phrase mean, kingdom of God, if Jesus used it so much? Well, the word kingdom is the Greek word basilia, and it means rule or reign. And so the kingdom of God is the rule or the reign of God. So the question then comes up, okay, then uh, is that in the future or is it in the present? And the answer is yes, it's in the future and it's in the present. The ultimate fulfillment of the kingdom of God where everything is just as God wants it to be. This is, this is the kingdom he envisioned in the Garden of Eden. That's in the future when Jesus comes again and we get what we're looking for finally. That's the ultimate fulfillment of the kingdom of God. But Jesus also over and over again talked about the kingdom of God as being present, as being with us now, as basically taking a little piece of heaven and bringing it down to earth. Uh, over in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, uh, look at what Jesus says here. We're told that Jesus went through all the towns and villages, uh, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Now look at that scripture for just a second. Jesus came proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. 
So he says, hey, look, the kingdom of God is coming. It's good. You're going to finally get what you're looking for. So you could take that to almost mean, okay, that future aspect of the kingdom. It's coming. It's good news. You're going to get what you're looking for. But then look at what he said after he proclaimed that. Then he began to heal every disease and sickness. So what Jesus did was he proclaimed the kingdom and then he started doing kingdom things. He started attacking darkness in the world. He started healing people who were sick. He started uh, uh, taking care of people that had diseases. He began to bring heaven down to earth, both a future and a present reality as Jesus did that there. So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. That was just a little biblical background for you. So you can now go and talk about the kingdom of God at lunch tomorrow and everybody will be amazed at your knowledge of it and, and all of that. So what we're going to talk about now is, okay, if what Jesus did was bring a little bit of heaven down to earth, bring the kingdom of God here, how do we do that? How does that happen? How can we be a part of doing the exact same thing? So the next thing we look at is what causes the kingdom of God to come near? What causes the kingdom of God to come right to us where we're at right now in the present? Well, over in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, uh, this is what we read. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So Jesus is out there doing his ministry. He's out there preaching and teaching and healing. And when he's doing these things, he says, hey, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God has come near to you today. So he said, in my teaching, in my ministry, in my healings, in the things that I'm doing, in my mere presence, the kingdom of God has come near to you. A little bit of heaven has come down to earth. So what we're going to talk about now is two ways that you can make that happen in the world today. Two things that you can do to bring the kingdom of heaven down to earth and make the kingdom of God come near. Now, neither of these are very complicated. It's not like you're going to say, wow, that's incredible. That's something I never would have thought of before. They're not complicated, but they're going to be so powerful if we would just do them. So what are two ways we can bring the kingdom of God down to earth to where we are now? Well, the first way we do that is when you do kingdom things. When you do kingdom things, then the kingdom of God comes to earth right now. Now, we don't think about that. What do you mean by doing kingdom things? What's that mean? When you're doing things led by the Spirit and the Spirit of God, and you're doing things that are of God, then the kingdom of God has come near. Look at Matthew 12, 28. Matthew 12, 28. It says, But if by the Spirit of God I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Just keep that up there for a second if you don't mind. Now, here's the thing. Jesus is arguing with the Pharisees at this particular point. And they say, he's casting out demons because he has a demon. And Jesus says, that's crazy. Satan wouldn't cast out himself. And then Jesus says this. If by the Spirit of God I drive out demons, the kingdom of God has come upon you. The kingdom of God has come near. So what he's saying is when two things happen, when the Spirit of God is working and you do something that's a kingdom thing, then the, then the kingdom of God's come near. When you do things through God's Spirit that make a difference in the world, that help people, then the Spirit of God has come. So what are some things like that? What are you talking about? Okay, this is where we're going to need our Bibles a little bit and start flipping through them. So this will be your Bible drill. Turn over to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. If you're not a Bible expert, that's right after Isaiah 60. 
that will help you find it right there. Isaiah 61. Now, this is, a, this is what Jesus read when he began his ministry. He went to his hometown of Nazareth. He's going to read the scripture that I'm going to read to you. And then Jesus said this. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So what Jesus was saying is, this is the reason I've come. And it's to bring heaven down to earth. But look at how he does it. Chapter 61, verse 1 of Isaiah. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. So the spirit is upon me. Again, the first thing, it's something you're doing through the spirit of God. The spirit is upon me. And one thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to bring good news to the poor. So poor people out there who have nothing to eat, who, have, who are suffering, who have no place to live, when you provide food for someone who is hungry, when you provide housing for someone, when you do those things to care for another individual, Jesus said, that's why I've come. It's brought the kingdom of God down to you. He says, I'm here to bind up the brokenhearted. When people's hearts are broken, when they feel like, man, I can't go on anymore. I'm hurting so bad. I've been sick for so long. I'm frustrated. I've got anxiety. I can't stay up all night long. When you do something to care for someone that is brokenhearted, then you brought the kingdom of God near just as Jesus did. I'm going to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. So, so when, you, when you care for people who are hurting uh, and, and in jail, he says, I'm going to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of the vengeance of our God. I'm going to comfort everyone who mourns. I will provide for those who grieve in Zion, bestow a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning. So what Jesus is saying here is, okay, this is the reason I've come. I've come because people are hurting and desperate, and I'm going to do something to bring the kingdom of God down. I'm going to encourage those uh, who are, are, are depressed. I'm going to give hope to the hopeless. I'm going to uh, comfort those who are grieving. When you do those kinds of things, you have brought the kingdom of God down to earth. And people begin to notice because it's not the way people act. When you visit someone in the hospital, uh, I guarantee there's people in this room whose spirits have been raised simply because you came into the hospital room. When you write a card to somebody, when you tell somebody, look, you know, is there anything I can do to help you? I know you're going through a lot right now. When you do any of those things to care for another person, then the spirit of God has come near. Darkness has had a light shine upon us. In Salina, Kansas, uh, uh, just a couple weeks ago, there was a soldier by the name of William, William Cookson who began to uh, paint his house. He got halfway through painting his house and suddenly got orders that he immediately was being shipped to Iraq. And so he had to leave, took off to Iraq. He had a half-painted house in his neighborhood. His neighborhood was in the area of the Salina Technical College there in Kansas. And so a group of students got together, came down, and began to finish painting his house who didn't even know him. Got a picture uh, right there. Well, that became such a big deal that it got on the news. Now, why did it get on the news? Because a few students were painting a house. Because it's not the way people normally act. People don't normally sacrifice for somebody they don't even know. People don't usually take their time and their energy to care for somebody they've never even met. It seemed unusual and out of the norm that it made the local news that night. When you do things 
that, that make a difference in someone's life, the world notices because it's out of the norm. And you've brought the kingdom of God near. Now look over to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Jesus talks about the spirit that we have of the flesh and the spirit that we have that comes from God. So let's look down to verse uh, 16 of chapter 5 of Galatians. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Then down to verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Okay, that's the way the world behaves. Those are the things of the world. That's what the world sees. People being selfish, people being divided, people being jealous, people being hateful. That's what we see out in the world. That's what we've come to call commonplace. But then look down at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is something different. Now, this is where people begin to see the kingdom of God. So stay with me here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. So if what you see out in the world is hate and you're showing love, then people look at that and they say, well, there's something odd about that. There's something different. And what has happened is when you showed love in a hateful situation, the kingdom of God came near. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. So what we see there is, okay, when people are depressed and hopeless and you come with joy, they wonder, where's that coming from? Not everything perfect in their life. What's going on? But you've brought the kingdom of God near. The kingdom of God is peace. When everybody else is fighting and arguing and you're the one that's trying to bring peace, then you've brought the kingdom of God near in a world that had no peace at that particular time. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called the children of God. It's forbearance and kindness. So when somebody's getting on your nerves and you're patient and you forbear with them and, you, and you're kind and nobody else is, when somebody irritates you, you let them know, but you're patient with people. The, the fruit of the Spirit is goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Things the world doesn't see. It's, it's just emotions and actions that are different than the world behaves. This past week in Ireland, uh, at the Kearney uh, Furniture Store, they had planted all these planters around the, the store with these beautiful flowers uh, for the fall season. And some teenage vandals came through and, uh, and dumped all the flowers out and threw them around uh, the street and everything that was there. And uh, so then... Uh, on their security camera, trying to figure out what was going on, they saw another teenage boy just on his own walking down the street. He saw all the flowers that had been dumped out, and he began to put them in the pots. He went with his hands and dug in the ground across the street to get more dirt, replanted every single pot, and put them back in place. Got a picture from the security camera right here of him trying to sweep up some of the, the, the soil there to put back in the planter. This became the biggest story in that town. And when they finally found the young man, his name is Enum Marksum, uh, when they finally tracked him down, they said, why did you do that? And he said, well, I just thought it was sad and thought if someone had done that to my house, wouldn't you want to do something to make it right again? It became a big news story. Why? It's not the way people act. 
People dump the pots over. They don't take their time to put them back again. And then finally, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Down to verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. They put it under a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So we're told that what are we supposed to be as followers of God in this world? What are we supposed to be as Christians? And there's two very simple things. We're told you're supposed to be salt and you're supposed to be light. Now, when we think of salt today, we think of seasoning. That's not the main reason salt was used back in the time of Jesus. Salt back in his day and age was used as a preservative. Anybody here like country ham? Yeah, is country ham salty? Why is it salty? Because that's what preserves it. The salt is preserving the ham. So salt was a preservative. So the first thing Jesus is saying is, what were you supposed to be? What were you supposed to be doing as a follower of mine in this world? You are in a world that is rotting and it's starting to stink. And you're supposed to be the preservative to that. You're supposed to be what shines the opposite light. So when there is hatred, you show love. When there's discord, you bring peace. When people hurt you, you forgive them. And it's different. You preserve a rotting world. That's your job as a Christian. You're bringing heaven down to earth when you do that. The second thing he says is you're the light of the world. You are in a world of darkness and you're supposed to be bringing the light of God into that darkness. Shining in areas where people are hurting and depressed and, and, and doing evil. And you're bringing the light of God shining upon them in that place at that time. There's a neat little story that came out of Halloween, uh, out of Idaho Falls. Uh, there was a young boy that went up to a house to get some candy. Now, the people were gone that night. So what they'd done is they put a big bowl of candy out in front of their house. And they said, take one piece and then leave for somebody else to take it. Well, the first couple of people went through. Guess what they did? Dump the entire bowl into their bags. That's the way people behave. That's what we come to expect in a world that is rotting and is dark. But then this little boy came up on the security camera. He looked in the bucket. There wasn't any candy. He turned around and started to leave. And then he noticed other people walking up. And guess what that little boy did? He dumped the rest of his bag, the candy he collected, into that bucket so other kids could get some candy. That became a big news story in Idaho Falls. Why? Because it's not the way people behave. And when people see that, they say, what's different about this? Why is this happening? And that's what we were supposed to be and what we were supposed to be doing as Christians is we were supposed to be salt and light in a world that is dark and rotting. And when people see the difference, love, peace, patience, kindness, when they see you caring and helping and spending your time and your energy, there are lights of God that are going off and you are bringing the kingdom of God near to this world. Whenever you help another person in the name of Jesus, you have brought the kingdom of God down to earth and people notice and people care. 
So that's the first way that we bring the kingdom of God down, uh, is that when we do kingdom things, you bring the kingdom of God down. We looked at what kingdom things were. There's one other way we bring the kingdom of God near. When you are saved and enter into a relationship with God, then the kingdom of God has come near. So when you give your life to Christ, when his spirit enters into you, when you are saved, then the spirit of God has come near to you and the kingdom of God has come down to earth and made a difference. We're told that when people are saved, that all the angels in heaven sing. And they do that for a reason, because a little bit of heaven has now come to earth. Over in Luke chapter 17 and verses 20 and 21, Jesus says this. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say here it is or there it is. The kingdom of God is where? The kingdom of God is within you. When you were saved, the kingdom of God not only came near, a little bit of heaven came to earth as the kingdom of God indwelled you. And so there you have it right there. When you do kingdom things, the kingdom of God comes near. But when you were saved, when God's spirit indwells you, then the kingdom of God has come to this earth. And oh, what a difference that makes. And that is a light that will never be put out. Now, there's two different kinds of lights that we're talking about here. That when you do kingdom things, that's kind of like a light that, that, that sparks up and people see it, but then it's gone in a second. Because what happened was you did something good, some people noticed, some people didn't care, it registered on some people. It was a little light that went off. But when the kingdom of God comes into somebody's heart and they're saved, that's a light that never goes out. It always shines. Now, let me illustrate what I'm talking about here. Uh, lights, please. So, you are in a world of darkness. You're in a world that's rotting. And if you're sitting next to somebody and take a bath today, that, that visual's even more, that, that sense is even more for you right now. So you're in a rotting, dark world. And then some people start doing some kingdom things. Can we see some kingdom things around here? And so you start seeing some kingdom things. And there's lights that go off. And people see those and they notice it. And it makes a difference. Look, there's love, there's patience, uh, there's forgiveness, there's helping somebody, giving your time and energy. And so you have these lights that come, but they are only there for a second and then they go out. And every time you do one of those good things, one of those things that helps another person, a light of God has come and people have noticed. But when the Spirit of God comes into you and you are saved, then the light comes flooding and it never goes out in your life again. And then your job is to take the light that's in you and begin to give it to others. And so that's how we bring the kingdom of God near. When you lead people to Christ, when you are saved, and when you do kingdom things, lights that shine for a while and then are gone and lights that will never be put out that happen in your heart and one day will be fulfilled in heaven. And that brings us to the last thing that we see in our scripture, okay? Then if that's the case, summarize all this for me. What are the main things I need to know about the kingdom going forward? I know that, that to bring it near, I need to do kingdom things, help people uh, do the, bring God's kingdom down to earth. And I know that when, when I give my life to Christ, the kingdom's come near. What else do I need to know about the kingdom of God? Two things. First of all, the kingdom of God is progressive and grows steadily. 
It is progressive and grows steadily. Over in Luke chapter 13, verses 18 through 21, it says this. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. So Jesus said, okay, the kingdom of God's like this mustard seed, a really small seed. You plant that really small seed in the ground, but it grows. And it not only grows, soon that little bitty seed becomes a mighty tree and birds are planting nests in it because it's grown so much. And he said, that's what the kingdom of God's like. Then he goes on and he says, what else is it like? What can I compare the kingdom of God to? It's like a yeast that a woman took and mixed into 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. And so, you know, if you're baking something, what causes it to rise is the yeast. And you just take a little smidge of it, you throw it in there, you work it in. And then that little bit of yeast slowly causes all the dough to rise. And Jesus said, that's what the kingdom of God's like. Now, what's he talking about? What he means is this. Okay, when you're doing those kingdom things, when you're helping someone, caring for someone, forgiving someone, uh, going out of your way to be a part of someone's life who's hurting, whatever. When you're doing those things, those little sparks are going off. And sometimes you don't notice that anything's happening. Because maybe all you did was make the ground a little bit softer for that seed to grow. Maybe all you did was pour a little bit water upon a seed somebody else had planted. But it began to work in somebody's mind. They begin to say, I, I, you know, why did they act that way? What's going on with them? I've seen that before. Why are they forgiving me? And so slowly it begins to work. It begins to make a difference. They begin to notice until one day they give their life to Christ and their light goes on that never will go out. And it all happened because of the way your matches were going off in their life. So be patient with people. Don't think that just because uh, you do one thing, everybody's going to say, oh, I love God and throw themselves down in front of you or something like that. It's a progressive thing. People have to see you care about them. They have to see it's genuine. They have to see that it's a consistent thing that's a part of your life, that it's something that really means it. It wasn't one-time action. You really are this person. Why are you that person? And it slowly grows and matures in their life until a difference is made. The same thing when you're doing helping ministries with people. Maybe all you're seeing is, man, there's so many people in our community who are hurting and, and are hungry. And all I did today was feed one person. Well, maybe all you did today was help feed one person. It made a difference to that one person. And if every Christian began to do the same thing, then think of the difference it would make. Do me a favor and just look around this room here today. Just look around the room. You know, we've got a pretty good attendance. We've probably got 400 people here. We're going to have another service. As soon as you leave, they'll be the ones pushing past you, trying to get in because they're afraid that, that they'll miss something of the sermon. So they're trying to push through you to get to their seats as, as you're going out or something. So we'll have 800 people or so here today uh, as we're here. What if every single person that comes here today said, this week, I'm going to do something to care for somebody, something to love somebody. I'm going to be patient and forgiving. I'm going to go out of my way to make a difference in the world today. If every person that did that, and if we could say at the end of this week, there were 800 people going out to make a difference in the city of Louisville. What if we then said, what if every Christian in the city of Louisville did that? You know, stats say that, what, 90% of the people believe in God or something like that. Well, we don't allow, always see that bared out or something. But what if everybody who said they believed in God went out and tried to make a difference in the world? 
Can you imagine the lights that would be going out, the people that were being helped, who were hurting? And all of that then begins to make a difference. Those little lights going out, when they all go on together, it makes all the difference in the world. And then one other thing. So it's progressive and it grows steadily. And then the other is our main mission is to bring heaven down to earth. If you want to know what you're supposed to be doing as a Christian, uh, you know, what's my, what's my main mission? Well, you know, your main mission isn't your job. Uh, your main mission isn't all these other things. If you want to know what was I supposed to be doing as a Christian, it's to bring heaven down to earth in a world that is rotting and is dark. We all know the Lord's Prayer. You probably have heard the Lord's Prayer your entire life. Over in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, in the Lord's Prayer at the very beginning, this is what Jesus prays. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Now, how many times have you prayed that when you're praying the Lord's Prayer and you had no idea what Jesus was talking about? And then you kind of hear what we've been talking about today. And he says, no, what he's praying for is this. One day there's going to be the ultimate fulfillment of your kingdom. When everything's going to be made right. It's the good news of the coming of the kingdom. But until that happens, my prayer is that on this earth, your will starts being done. That some of the kingdom of heaven comes down to earth. And in the way you live and the things that you do, you're supposed to be bringing the kingdom down to earth. At a hospital in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, there's a lady by the name of Margaret Shatner, and Margaret had liver failure. Uh, they went in the room and they told her, there's really nothing else we can do for you. You've got just probably a couple of days to live and maybe just a few hours. She was still pretty lucid uh, at the moment. Uh, her nurse uh, was a lady by the name of, let me make sure I get this right here, uh, was a lady by the name of Olivia Newfolder. And Olivia went in and began to talk to her, and Margaret said this, I'm really, really scared. And so she sat down beside of her, she took her hand, and she began to talk to her. Margaret began to slowly fail, she started to cry, and she said again, I'm really, really scared. And it's then that Olivia began to sing the song, Dancing in the Sky. Anybody ever heard that song? Dancing in the Sky, I'd never heard of it. She began to sing, Dancing in the Sky, to her. I wanted to read you some of the words of it. Tell me, what's it going to look like in heaven? It's going to be peaceful. It's going to be free. The sun will shine bright forever. All of your fears and pains will be gone. You're going to be dancing in the heavens, singing in the angels' choir, and the angels are waiting for you as you arrive. Got a picture here of them in the room together as she was singing to her. When she finished the song, Margaret had passed away. Now, I want to tell you something here. When that happened, a little bit of heaven came down to earth. And everybody that was in that hospital room knew it. There was no doubt. They weren't looking around and thinking, what's just happened? They knew that some of heaven had came down to earth. If you want to know what your job is as a Christian, it's to go to a world that is hurting and dark and desperate and bringing them a love and a peace and a care they don't see anywhere else. And when you do that, 
you bring heaven down to earth. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that you have given us a light that's never going to be put out in our own lives. Father, help us to shine that light on other people to bring heaven down. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.